all that fear, that is suffering. But if you're in a business and you're failing and things are not working out, you're trying, or you're in a sport and you're bumping, you know, you're getting hurt and you're like trying stuff that is happening and you can feel it and you can kind of assess it and you can work with it. But the idea of it happening, this is the thing. And we try to do so much good for people and we protect them from ever experiencing reality. They live in an idea. And if you live in an idea, I mean, I know I'm on a soapbox here, Evan, but like you live in an idea, like life is, is, is just an idea of fear. It's all these what ifs and like, look, scraping your knee sucks, but it's not as bad as being scared of scraping your knee. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right, all right, all right. It is a podcast episode with Brandon and Evan. Way of the artist, welcome, folks. Okay, so today this is a uh, not-so-serious conversation, meaning that we don't really know what we're going to talk about yet, but I have this sneaking suspicion that expectations are going to come into this one because we briefly mentioned it before we jumped in. And actually, uh, you know, I like doing these, Evan, um, but it's always interesting to see where they go. You got any thoughts mm-hmm. to lead us off? Yeah, I, I think this one, we're not I, I, jumping into this one entirely cold, I guess, but it was just sort of like, hey, maybe something about expectations because we sort of stumbled on that and just like, all right, let's do it. Don't know what we're going to talk about necessarily with expectations, but, um, you know, I th- I find that any conversation I've ever had around the subject of expectations uh, to be a, a really interesting one. It's uh, expectations play an interesting part in our lives. Uh, so let's do this, man. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. I guess the first thing that I'll say about all this is we were talking about video games and video game development and the creative side of that. And if anybody who's been a regular listener knows, I started to dabble in that for a little while. And uh, I actually started to learn video game development and make some very like basic rudimentary kind of games and stuff like this. And pretty quickly, I started to run into just the technical challenges of the job, like what you need to know, what you need to understand, and then refining your ability to actually accomplish some technical tasks that you have. And it gets frustrating when you have this like idea in your mind, but you're not able to actually execute it. And you realize that there's this big gap between what you want to do and what you can do. And the gap can be closed with enough time, enough effort, enough practice and discipline and just doing it. Like I could definitely get there, but I started to get to a point where I was like, I don't know if I have enough passion and interest to take the technical ability of this too much further, at least not now. And I think that kind of brought in this conversation a little bit of expectations. It's like, you you do have to sometimes lower your expectations when you're starting something new and 
otherwise you'll just get frustrated, you know, and, and you have to give yourself a little bit of time. Um, and you have to, I think I would, I, I would think that you have to like learning how to do it. I remember when I was learning filmmaking and acting, I liked learning the difficult stuff about it. I actually enjoyed that. Whereas with video games, I'm finding working on a computer, doing some of the technical stuff, I kind of enjoy it, but I kind of don't. And that's kind of the difference for me as far as going into that medium, at least on a technical level. Yeah, I think that our expectations when we don't have them aligned, when we don't, you know, as they say, realistic expectations, um, you know, there's a, there's a kind of wisdom to it. I, I think that often that statement is used as a limiting thing for somebody like, you know, like, oh, lower your expectations because, you know, so you, you're not disappointed. And I think that that's, that's not healthy for a completely different reason. Maybe we can talk about some of those, I don't know, I guess sort of like a, a lot of that, those polar there seems to be these two different poles of expectation where um, they can be positive and negative and, and if they, they're pushed too far in one direction or the other. But if expectations like telling people to like, you know, lower their expectation or, or um, have realistic expectations, that kind of a thing that is, can often be used as a way of, um, putting people of putting others or putting ourselves down, you know, of not pushing ourselves as much as we, we can, we can go or, or, uh, actually undermining what we're actually capable of. But likewise, if we don't have a certain expectation for ourselves, particularly when we are in new territory, when we are doing something for the first time or, or we haven't necessarily developed a lot of skill in something that we're doing, if we have unrealistic expectations, that is a tr tremendous source of frustration, right? Because it's this kind of not living in reality where there's like this gap between where you want to be, how you want things to be and where you're actually at. And so long as you're holding that expectation in your head, the whole process of learning becomes extremely frustrating, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to, you know, because look, nobody likes to be shitty at stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I don't know anybody who likes to be shitty at, at doing things. And, and that's understandable. Um, but it's like, it's this thing of, being maybe a little bit kinder to ourselves while we are in that process. And I know that's definitely something that I've had to work at, um, just for my, for my own self, uh, managing some of my perfectionistic tendencies towards things and, and actually having to talk myself off the ledge, so to speak, in certain situations where it's like, look, you're learning this. You're learning this and this is frustrating. Your brain is trying to, is literally rewiring itself right now. You know, and that's actually something that I remember reading somewhere that was extremely helpful for me is that actually acknowledging a kind of biological reality to learning a new skill, which mm. is just like, 
your brain is actually rewiring itself. Your brain is actually creating new pathways that don't exist. <laughs> so give yourself some time because your brain needs time to do it. And, you know, through just consistency, um, doing small things, I, I think is, is one of the, the biggest pieces of, of wisdom that I've certainly learned to apply more and more in my own life when it comes to this type of thing, which is like, look, just a little bit of consistent something is really so much more effective. And I'm not new in, in saying that. Um, <laughs> there's been lots of people who've been making those kinds of statements for a long, long, long time. Like, look, don't do this once a week for an hour. Do this every single day for three to five minutes, right? There's, there's more to benefit from doing that. And when you actually start practicing that, uh, which I, I have started to do more and more in my life with certain things, it's totally true. Like mm -hmm. it's, you get you, the, the progress that you will see in any kind of development through just a consistent regular thing is so much better than like these sort of binge practices, you know, and just binging on, <laughs> on these things because I don't know. It's just kind of the way that, that I think that we're wired. I've been talking a lot. So Brandon, <laughs> take it away. You bring up some good points about the expectations. There was a few things probably to comment on there, but let's go back to that one. The expectations being used against you. I think there's a, there's like your bigger goals and dreams. And I think with that stuff, you don't lower your expectations. You, you make them bigger and you continually make them bigger and bigger and bigger because usually they're not big enough. Usually you're thinking too small. Usually you're boxing yourself into something that is actually a limit to what's humanly possible and what's possible for you and, and all of that. I think that whole like be realistic is definitely not good when it comes to your dreams, your bigger visions and your ultimate thing that like, like lights you up because without having the big vision and the big dream, I mean, you're not going to have the necessary fuel to do the things you need to do because even if you aren't able to achieve the big dream, the big dream motivates you. It drives you. It, it pushes you for greatness and it pushes you beyond what you think you are, which is a very important part of, you know, I suppose expectations being used to, to benefit you. I think um, the other side of this is the lowering your expectations in the temporary momentary place you're in. Like if I was to pick up a guitar, I know that I'm not able to play it as well as I have heard it being played. And I just know that that's a reality. It's I'm not, I, I don't have the ability. And if I have the expectation that I should, then it's just going to be horrible. Right. But if I have the expectation, it's like, I'm just learning. This is going to be challenging. It's going to, you know, it's going to be some sore fingertips and uh, it's going to be some frustrations and some wrong strums and you know, whatever it's, it's going to be bearable. It's going to be doable. Right. And I think we need to lower expectations on what we expect of ourselves immediately before we've worked it out. Mm 
And just to comment on that, you know, you're talking about this rewiring of your brain. I mean, I actually, I found that to be very true just with the video game development, because for example, when you're developing a video game, um, there's certain things you're doing depending on the type of game you're building. But like for something I was doing, one of the practices, I was building my world. And building a world to me was actually a pretty easy skill set. It was not hard for me. I, I it made a lot of sense because it was like building a movie set. I, I didn't have a lot of difficulty putting that part together, but other things became really complicated, like animating a character or just designing the physical body of uh, uh, like a little character to move them through my little world that I created. And another thing, like just to kind of talk about this wiring of the brain, when you start developing video games, like when you play video games, you look into the horizon and you think the world goes on infinitely. That's what it feels like. But when you play a video game, you know, the world ends at some point because you created it. You created it. It's like, like the flat earth. It's like you fall off, you fall off the edge of it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. the, the, the playing space is only so far. And um, when you know that that exists, you kind of know what's beyond the mountains. <laughs> you know, it's nothing. So, you know, it's a magic trick. And I've walked around in the world and I've looked out into the horizon and been like, wow, like this is so much like a video game. Like, I don't know, like, I mean, I know, but I don't like if the world just fucking doesn't exist beyond what I can see and, and video game kind of like wires your brain in a little bit like that to, to almost see the board in which you play on. It's, it's kind of interesting the way that works because you just see things in a different way that you never saw them before. Once you start learning some of these fundamental basic practices. So yeah, I guess there's two points there. One is expectations, big dreams, inflate them, get them bigger, momentary practice and trying to do something, be kinder to yourself, give yourself a bit of a break. And then, yeah. And the rewiring, like understand that your brain is actually learning how to function this way. If it's new. Man, there's so many things that I want to touch on in <laughs> like so many different directions in, in what you just said that that we can that we can take this one. Uh, all right. Well, I, I want to just say a few things. I just want to say a few things. <laughs> one thing that seems to be emerging to me in, in this conversation is in this whole thing of of expectation. Uh, there's also what strikes me this this problem of can and cannot right which i you know there's all these things just like don't say that you can't don't say ever say that you 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 can't do it and i think that there is like yeah there's a, a huge value to that so it's like understanding that you can do anything that you can apply yourself in whatever way that you want right? Likewise, you can also choose to not do that. And what comes out of that is this, well, what is it that you actually want to do, right? First, accept the fact that you can do whatever you want. Like you can, you are, you are free to pursue and dream as big in any fucking direction as you want. Set the expectations as big as you want. But what is it that you actually want? Right. Because that's where we want to 
start thinking about our expectations, right? Like why set high expectations for something that we don't want? Why set high expectations for something that we actually don't really care about? You know, there's just maybe some ego thing that's gotten tied up into whatever the whole thing is. Um, and also, oh, there was something in here. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about guitar. That made me think of something else as well. Like just for myself, well, let's let's start there. I'll start from there. <laughs> so yeah, like you're talking about guitar because I've been playing guitar for for a long time, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty solid. Um, but you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Expectations are also like a shifting thing, too. I don't think that they're a static thing. That's like, okay, you set it out once, and then it's just there, and it's that always. Right. Like it's, um, you know, setting that vision, um, which is maybe a better way of, of in which we go about it is like, okay, well, what's the vision of where you want to go? Right. Is, and maybe that's why it's one of our laws. We call it the law of vision as opposed to the law of expectation. Mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like that whole thing can shift based upon, whatever is going on in your life, whatever it is that you've learned, however far that you've come. Uh, but yeah, it's like you're talking about guitar and I know I'm all over the place here, folks, so I apologize. There is this fantastic guitar player named Chris Buck. And this guy, the way he plays just completely blows my freaking mind. And... I could set myself the expectation <laughs> and say like, I want to be able to play like him. Could I do it? I could probably be pretty close. I mean, he's the type of player where it's just like, they, they have such a unique sound and everybody ends up playing in their own way. You know, that's like one of those, those things like everyone ultimately kind of has their own style. I could set myself to be as good of a player as, as him, but I'll never be able to play like him, you know, like, but I could get myself to a certain level. I can learn a lot of, I can, there are things that I can learn from him and, and things that I can borrow and incorporate into my own style, but to try and be able to be like, I want to play like, like Chris Buck, it would just be like, for one, I don't think I I'm interested in the amount of time and effort and practice <laughs> that it would take for me to get there or at least the timeline, you know, it's like, what, what's my expectation for how soon in which that's going to happen. Right. I think that that's an, actually another really important aspect of this conversation as well as time, you know, the, the time expectation of certain things is I think, probably a big one that we face in our society and our culture you know like we want everything so quickly we mm -hmm. want everything like right now 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 and i want to get it right now um and i think that that is that's a really interesting thing for us to look at perhaps um is this i think that a lot of the times where we go wrong with our expectation is that we're our expectations the timeline is just too fast for it Hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I think that, you know, the, the, the idea that anything you want really takes a certain amount of effort and energy and patience and practice and discipline and those things, you know, they're, they're necessary. And it's that kind of saying like easy come, easy go, you know, if you get it too easy, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, you, you'll toss it easy. So the things that you're really going to value in life, usually you have to work really hard for them. Usually you have to, I don't love the word, but I mean, you kind of have to sacrifice something for them. You have to sacrifice comfort, some type of convenience, some type of, you know, some type of thing. And I think you mentioned desire at one point and want, and like, why do you want it? Why do you desire all that? Your desire has to be stronger than your comfort. And the comfort can come in funny ways. I mean, there's the basic obvious comfort, like, oh, I just would rather watch TV or I'd rather, you know, have a drink or I'd rather do whatever I'd rather do, right? That comfort is kind of almost obvious, but it's this other comfort, which is pervasive. It's sneaky. It's the, I'm comfortable not looking at myself like I can't do something or like I'm not capable. Like I don't like seeing myself struggle and feeling incapable and feeling like almost like an invalid with certain things, you know, and I don't like having to ask for help. That's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like these types of things, things that people don't always think about. And those comforts need to be sacrificed. You know, you're going to have to ask for help. You know, you're going to have to um, you're going to have to put some time and discipline in. You're going to have to have probably some pain that you don't want to feel, you know, you're going to have to give up an image of yourself. You're going to have to uh, accept some humility. And these things are not easy and they're uncomfortable. And I think that's a really big part of this conversation is that, you know, um, it doesn't mean like, like if you realize that you're not good at something or you have a weakness in an area or, whatever. It doesn't mean the game's over for you because you could develop that weakness and you could turn it into a strength. You could, but there's the alternative too. You can go, okay, you know what? I'm not interested in this. This is not what I want to do. So I need someone to help me do that. And like for me with video game development, like just to kind of give an example, I don't want to be an animator. I just like, I don't have any interest in that. I, 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 I have an interest and a respect for it but not an interest to do it. So what I need is an animate. You know what I mean? It's like, unless I want to do that myself, what I need, if I'm going to go and pursue this thing, which I still might eventually, you know, get my, you know, ducks in line or whatever. It's like, okay, I'm going to need an animator. I'm actually, you know, there's a few other people that I would probably need from what I've learned. And then there's probably some people that I need that I don't even know I need yet. And I'll learn what that is. But like, for me, there are certain things that I'll like to do. And there are certain things I don't want to do. And I think this is a really important thing for all artists to learn is that you start your journey feeling very alone and feeling like you have to do everything. But as you travel further, you acquire company, you acquire companions, you acquire help and sometimes temporary help, sometimes lifelong. And these people, um, they, assist you on things that you just do not have the desire or interest to develop in yourself. And you don't have to do it all for it to work. You know, sometimes, um, it, you know, it's, 
it's more important to actually expand your company as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sort of thing of like dive in a little bit more. At least that's what I'm, I, I heard. What, it too. what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Oh, I don't know. Just like diving in, like managing your expectations to a certain degree can, I think in a healthy way can help you to just dive in a little bit and get a little bit dirty, get a little bit messy. Like, you know, it's like you'll figure out who you need kind of along the way, what you're lacking along the way. Like we were, um, oddly enough, this conversation has a lot is related in many ways to our last episode, <laughs> you know, about, um, uh, about technique, how technique serves you until it doesn't, you know, it's fascinating. Like it's, uh, you you need certain skills like uh, in your own story about learning about video game design and realizing like oh there's a lot of these skills um there's a lot of these techniques that essentially like i don't have any knowledge of and that becomes the limiting factor right like it's it's there's this interest there's this desire there is this curiosity and you go into it and you discover it's like oh i need to develop all of these other skills right and that's something that you need to really think about right like you need uh, you, you need to to contemplate it's like okay is that something that i feel like yes i want to learn that i want to develop those skills or is there another option even perhaps that I, ha I just haven't thought about but something to consider because it's like okay so there's now a technical limit on me being able to do this thing that that I've set out to do and you learn the technique this is this is such a funny funny thing as a as a bit of an add-on to our last podcast but then you start then you learn the technique you know, then you learn the skill, then you learn all of this stuff. And then what comes after is then you have to let it go again. <laughs> because it's like, I don't want to see like talking about acting again, because that would be more so where, where my own sort of strength and I, uh, is, is probably is strongest. Is that like, okay, great. You've learned that skill, but now now the the almost cruel part of it is just like now I don't want to see it. Mm. You spent all that time and energy and whatever learning how to do this thing. Now <laughs> I don't want to see it anymore. You yeah. know I want I like I as an actor I want to see you. I want to see you live. I want to see you living as a human being. I don't want to see the technique anymore because that now ruins the whole thing. Yeah. If I see the technique, it's ruined. I want to be, I want to be given an experience now. And that means a, a, a certain kind of a transcendence, but it's an interesting journey that has to, has to happen there. Right. Or it's like you approach something and maybe you've got some knowledge, maybe you've got some skill, you probably do, but then you go, it's like, Oh shit, I don't like what I have can only take me this far. And I, I've actually got to learn more. Right. So then you bulk up on the thing, you bulk up on the thing and it's like, great. Now you've got all of that. Now you've got to forget all about what you've just done. 
<laughs> on some level, you've got to forget all about it, right? So that you can now kind of go back to that original place where this all started from, right? To that original place that made you want to do it in the beginning, right? That passion, that vision, whatever, that experience, that's what you now need to deliver and you need to forget all about the whole everything else that you've just learned. It's, it's, there is, there's a, it's a, it's like a comical, cruel kind of a thing <laughs> in a, in a way. So I don't know that what you were saying was just kind of making me think about all, that whole, that whole nugget. Yeah, no, it's a good nugget. It's a good nugget, Evan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. expectation. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a funny thing. I mean, I think what I'm kind of, kind of pulling from this conversation is that, I mean, you really, anything is possible if you believe you can and you actually want to, but the problem is, is that you don't believe you can, and you don't really want to most of the time. It, it, that's really what it comes down to. And if you, think you do and you think you have both, but you're not doing it or you're not, or you're struggling or it's not fun, then you either don't believe in yourself or you don't want it. I think it really comes down to that. You don't want it enough or you don't believe in it enough because like there's these uh, mental gymnastics you can do where you can really test yourself to figure out like, Hey, what's really going on. So for example, like if you had to show up tomorrow at 9am to wherever, and you would get a million dollars, you could just collect it right? But you had to be there by nine o'clock. One second late, you do not get the money. Will you do it? Well, two factors have to, do you think, can you do it? Is it possible? Do you believe you can? Okay. I believe I can. That solves that. Now, do you want it enough? If you want it enough, most people say, well, I'll make sure I'm there at seven o'clock and I'll just wait outside the door. Like, you know what I mean? Like they'll be so sure. And when you have that kind of desire, you do that extra mile work. You do things you don't have to do. And that's really, um, you know, cause you know, the payoffs coming and you know, you know, it's worth it. One of the frustrating things for the video game development for me in the early stages of doing it. And I suppose why I got frustrated was because there was a certain point where it's was like, Hey, I want to do this, but I don't know if I can, cause it's, it's not easy. Like, it's easy in ways, but then it's not easy in other ways. And you're like, oh, this is horrible. Like, I, like, how do I do this? This seems like monumentous what I'm taking on all of a sudden. And so then it's like, well, what's the point? Like, I don't even know if I can actually do this. So like, you know, and then the belief and the possibility, the reward is just like there. So it's like, go back to this analogy. You got to show up to this place at 9 a.m. and you get the million dollars. But what if the briefcase of million, just imagine it that way. What if it's empty? then it's like, well, I'm a little less motivated to show up because it might be empty. And then what if it's not just possible that it's empty, but it's probable that it's empty. It's more likely that it's empty. The chance that there's a million dollars. Now your motivation has waned dramatically because now you don't believe the reward that you're trying to go for is actually there either, right? And there's this, so um, one of the things I learned around just being successful in life is you do boundary testing and you test your boundaries. So for example, there will be a million dollars in a briefcase for you at 9am at this location. You have to be there by 9am. One second late, you do not get it. 
but there will be a million dollars 100% certain. Your motivation is probably 100% certain. What's challenging is when it's like a 75% chance or a 50% chance or a 30% chance or a 10% chance or something like that, right? That's where we really start to get tested. And then if you look at it, it's like, okay, there's a small chance that I might have all my dreams come true. You need to, you need to do something else to build that desire in you. So your motivation doesn't wane. Right. And so for me with the video games, I didn't have that hundred percent certainty that I would get there. And so my, my motivation just waned. Right. And it's, it's not gone, but it's like, you know, and I have to do, obviously I have to do some work on going like, do I believe not only that this is possible, I do believe it's possible, but do I believe that I have the energy and willingness to do what it takes to get there, knowing what I know now. And I don't know if I do, and that's the issue, right? So now I have to figure out, is it worth it? Would you be willing to put in the time? Would you be willing to sacrifice? Would you be willing to try to do it, to get there? And, and that's the question I haven't yet answered, which is why it is where it is in my status of, you know, uh, goals or things that you could say on after, right? But if that helps kind of make sense, I think expectations is, do you expect it 100% or do you expect it 10%? There's a big difference on your motivation. Yeah. And, and it also makes me think of that time component as well, right? Because it's like, you know, sometimes we set out about something because like, look, you do have a genuine interest in something, even a genuine passion about something. But when, if you've got a few other things that are on the go, right? Like if you've got a few other things, it requires effort, right? It requires your energy. Uh, yeah, I won't say effort. It requires your energy, you know, and, and you only have so much energy throughout the day to give to however many number of things that, that there are going on. And that's another way in which we, I think, need to look at our expectations, right? And to constantly evaluate what those expectations are, particularly because, you know, and I'm surprised that this is, for me at least, only coming out now, but our expectations are probably one of the greatest sources of 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 self-inflicted suffering that that we have at our disposal you know our expectations cause us a tremendous amount of pain and suffering um and and which is why there's been a lot of wise uh people and traditions throughout the years that have uh that have indicated hey maybe we should uh we should look at this whole thing that we we do to ourselves because it does cr cause so much it can wreak a ton of havoc and you know and, and walking this this line finding this balance i suppose of having some sort of vision clear vision direction um to go to go in and to go towards but at the same time also checking in with like okay where are my expectations with this thing so that I actually give myself the, the best chance of success at some level, 
right? So it's like, look, I've got, you know, for myself, it's like, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm teaching classes and, and not just teaching classes, but it's like my own business. And, you know, like, uh, you know, I've been writing books and, you know, doing this and that. I think, uh, very closely about what, what other things to take on, right? Because I know how much like the stuff that I'm doing that I am very passionate about doing, this takes up a certain amount of my time and my energy. So anything else that I, and plus the podcast, of course, as well. So it's like, you know, you, if I'm bringing something else into that, it's important for me to check my expectations there. It's like, okay, is this, is this worth that for me? Am I that excited, that passionate about it um, for me to pursue this? And maybe the answer is yes, but then it's like, okay, but I only have this amount of energy per day, per week, per month that I can actually commit to that. So mm. instead of now having a timeline of saying like, okay, well, I expect this thing to be done in a month. It's like, no, maybe... <laughs> Maybe this is actually a year-long project instead of a month-long project. Unless something changes and suddenly it's just like, oh, okay, the timeline on, on this thing has actually changed now because something else is, has changed. Something else has shifted. Who knows what? Life is like that, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's managing everything else that might also be going on too. Right. Because it's like, you know, you want to make a video game and it's like, well, you're doing all of these other things. Where does that fit in? Is that the new priority or is that no longer or or is that not the priority? Are there other things that are still actually more important? These are all really, really important mm-hmm. questions to be asking ourselves and engaging with. You bring up a, a, a fantastic point. I'm so glad you did. It's so true. I mean, that that is the biggest that is the biggest thing for me, like with the video games is it, you know, I, I do like, I do enjoy a certain part of it, but I don't really care enough to put the time in right now to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, there I'm running a business, I'm coaching, I'm, I'm teaching classes, uh, you know, I'm developing a film project. Um, you know, I'm producing, uh, you know, there's a, there's, I have other interests and other passions. I'm, and I'm, and I, you know, I'm, I moved out to kind of the middle of nowhere and I'm building shit, you know, like, I, like, I don't want to do that. And I also want to do video games and build and design video games. Cause I think that would be pretty cool. But like right now it doesn't win over some other priorities. And I think there's a certain amount of expectations, I suppose, come into this where it's like, what do I expect of myself and, and what's, what's reasonable, what's realistic, but also like, if I push myself, what's possible. And I think you're, 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 you're balancing somewhere in that kind of realm of like, you know, I have pushed myself when I was younger and I was working on being a filmmaker, I put everything into it and, and acting, I was doing acting and filmmaking kind of you know, and writing, but like everything went to my, like I skipped vacations. I skipped trips that were offered to me. I skipped, 
buying, like I wanted to buy a nice car or do things like that. And I didn't, I put it into my films. I put it into whatever I could, you know, and, um, you know, at one point I turned my entire house into a prop department slash wardrobe department because I was so committed to making my project. You know what I mean? And I don't regret that. That's what I wanted to do, but it meant I had to give up some other things that I also wanted to do. And I think, you know, what's interesting for me at this point, and I mean, maybe, maybe someone out there can benefit from hearing this after you've developed yourself for a long time, like, and I, I mean, I've put like 20 something years into like developing myself in business and in arts and in all this stuff, you have the capacity now because you've built a lot of skills. Like you've built, like I've built a lot of different skills. I can do a lot of things. Like I can, I can, I can direct and produce a film. I can write a screenplay. I can act in it. I can drive a car. Well, I can, I can literally build shit with my hands. I know how to take apart steel and put steel together. I know how to put, you know, do woodwork. I, there's a lot of things that I've learned how to do build sets, all this shit. But the question is now with all these skills that I've built, and as cool as they are to have video games, actually a lot of those skills pair very nicely into building a video game. Cause you're building sets, you're designing characters, you're telling stories, you're doing all this. There's this added element of you got to technically build it. <laughs> so the question really is, is like, okay, do I want to take the skill sets and am I willing to put them in there? Even if I do like feel a little bit, like I have some advantages. I, and, and, you know, and it's just like, not that I don't, it's just maybe not yet. You know, and I think this is kind of a, an interesting part of this conversation where maybe we expect things of ourselves immediately and we need to be like, I'm going to revisit that in six months. You know what I mean? And I think with the video games thing, it's one of those things. It's like, I'm going to revisit this in six months. I'm going to see where I'm at. I'm going to see what things look like. I'm going to see how things are going and I'm going to revisit if I want to get back into this. But right now, I can probably safely say for probably the next three to six months, it's not a priority to me. I have other things I'm building and other things I'm doing. And so I'm thinking like expectations, manage your expectations is more like just manage what is important right now and manage what isn't important right now. Not that you could or couldn't do it, but just does it matter enough to do it now? And if not, then it needs to either be shelved or it needs to be just knocked off the list of things you want to do because maybe you don't want to do it at all. Hey everybody, this is Evan and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah, like it's, it's um, you know, it's like this, like one, an emotion that I'm very familiar with uh, in my own life is, uh, is overwhelm. And this conversation is, is making me think that this has probably a lot to do with expectations. <laughs> <laughs> of what I'm like the expectations that I have on myself of like okay doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you got to do that and do that it's like you know for a second just take a look at everything that you've got on your plate or that you've put on your plate and is there anything 
that can come off of that plate. Not mm. it, not necessarily forever. It's not necessarily like, yeah, forever, the, the, this will never be revisited. I mean, maybe, perhaps that will be the decision. But even just say like, what would that feel like if that wasn't on your plate right now? Mm. What would that feel like if that responsibility wasn't on your shoulders for a little while? Yeah. Right? And check in with that. And if there's this sense of relief that comes from that, then maybe it's time to just put that, tuck that one in the, in, in the back there for a little while, right? Like don't wear that one. Don't put that one on. Don't give, put yourself into that, that place of overwhelm because you know, like life doesn't have to be this, you know, mad dash to the finish and the whole thing's a drag the whole, <laughs> the whole way of just like trying to just do as much shit as possible all the time. Like there's a, weird kind of anxiety and, and a missing out of just enjoyment, you know, like we can miss out on a lot of enjoyment, uh, in the things that we're doing. And sometimes by taking some things off of our plate, I found, uh, you can actually enjoy the things that you still have on your plate a bit mm. more. And there can be a, a greater sense of enjoyment in the things because you can actually show up more presently to them. There's, I mean, you know, what's coming up for me, Evan, is the law of simplicity. We've talked about this many times in the podcast mm -hmm. and expectations, funny enough, they're related to that because things can become overwhelming when you expect too much of yourself, because not that you expect too much from doing any one thing, but you expect yourself to do too many things at once. And there is something about do one thing fully until it's done, or at least until you're done doing it and then move on to the next thing and do that fully. And I would attribute a lot of my success when I was younger to that simple um, mentality, which was, I really did commit. When I played, I played. When I worked, I worked. When I slept, I slept. When I ate, I ate. You know, when I partied, I partied. But I didn't, I did not spend much time wishing I was doing the other or thinking I should be doing the other. And not only does it create an incredible amount of peace, but you're very, very effective when you do something with your full attention. Um, and, and, you know, something else that popped up as well. And I mean, I'm sure you can comment on this, but it's like attention is so important and simplicity allows you to have attention. And I think this is the frustrating thing for me with the video game thing. I don't mean to keep coming back to that, but it, it's relevant for me is that I, am unwilling to put as much attention into it as it needs. And I know that, and that's, and I know what it takes to do something. Well, I know that there's a certain amount of attention and it's like, I get frustrated when I don't put the attention necessary into something that needs the attention. And it's, mm. it's like, there are th sometimes there's things where you need to put a little attention into them. They're like things you manage, but when it's an interest like that, it's sometimes better to not do it for a while. And then when you come back and do it, do it fully as opposed to half-assing it for a longer period of time. I think there is a, a time and a place to fully do things and not do them at all. What I'm hearing, Brandon, which yeah. is, and <laughs> an, I was like, oh, this is an interesting new avenue that's uh, just appeared right now is this, shift this really nasty shift that can happen from expectation into judgment 
because the the expectation of yourself, the expectation for how something's supposed to come out, for what time frame it's supposed to come out, to how much we're supposed like that suddenly turns into into a judgment about ourselves. Hmm. Right? That or it can turn into a judgment. It's just like, oh, you can't do this or you're not up for this right now. That means that you are lazy. That means that you are just not competent enough. That means that, um, you know, you're just not hardworking enough. That means that you will never, ever be a success at anything. And this will never, ever happen for you. And you're a piece of shit. And you should just like, (laughs) (laughs) and you should just fucking go and like live off by yourself somewhere. (laughs) I'm being... I'm being somewhat exaggerative here, but uh, you know what I mean? Like it can easily turn into that stuff as opposed to, you know, I think that having a, a sense of, of just being kind and compassionate to ourselves when it comes to these evaluations, because very often, like, look, we're, we're setting out with good intentions on some, it's like, look, this is what I'm setting out to do. I'm, and I'm going to try and do this thing. And, we don't know like you want to like one of the most famous sayings about expectations is to is to expect the unexpected right like it's and the unexpected comes along right and it shifts things Hmm. and sometimes it doesn't just shift things sometimes it really just fucks things up a lot yeah right so you need to shift what your initial expectations were and not turn that into some sort of a, you know, critique about who you are as a human being. It just means that you're a human being. It doesn't mean that you're a fuck up. It just means that life is fucking unexpected, Mm. you know, and, and now what do you want to do right now? What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to continue to move forward? Do you, do you want to make the adjustments that you need to make to continue with this or is this a situation where it's just like, you know what? I'm actually, I actually don't care about this as much as I, as I thought I did at this moment in time, or there are more important things to me at this time, put it on the back burner and we'll come, come and take a fresh look at this down the road. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe then the time is right for it. Maybe then the, the season is right to, to pursue that. But, um, yeah, like it, the the judgment part of it is um is I think a really nasty companion sometimes to expectation. Yeah, it's a really good that's really good. I mean, it's funny all the stuff that's kind of coming out through this conversation. I was thinking of another thing with expectations is like <laughs> you expect things to work out a certain way or go a certain way or people to do a certain thing or whatever, or not do a certain thing. And then all of a sudden that doesn't happen. And it throws your life into sometimes turmoil or a tailspin or just a state of surprise and shock. And you're like, well, everything was going along just fine until you decided this person or this thing decided to do this or this, it went this way or it fell that way or whatever happens. And then all of a sudden, what was once seemingly kind of easy and straightforward becomes extremely complicated and difficult. And you're like, oh my God. And, and I think that in those times, 
we have to give ourselves a bit of a break in the sense that, okay, like when I took this on, it was pretty simple and straightforward. Now it's complicated beyond measure. And that's one of the things, that's one of the kind of, you know, fly in the ointment in life. It's just sometimes life just doesn't work out the way you want it to work out. You know, somebody betrays you, somebody dies, somebody does something that messes everything up unintentionally. Uh, Something just happens in the world outside of you and everyone you know that affects everyone, including yourself. And, And it's just like, now all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, what was once possible in the past is not possible today under these circumstances, at least not right now. And you have to be willing to adapt your expectations to this new evolving, changing world, dynamic friendships, relationships, and so forth. And also your dynamic and changing self, because, you know, you can start a goal and you might not be the same person when you started it as today, when you end it. Um, I'm experiencing that right now with this writing goal. I, I, this year I will have hit 10 years and 10 years of writing every single day for half an hour, every single day at the very minimum been writing every day. And when I started this goal, I was not in the same mindset as I am today. And it's a, it's a different, I'm writing for different reasons. And I've had to adjust my, my connection to it and all of that. And it's been really good to have the committed goal, but at the same time, I remember like, here's something I remember, Evan, I remember early on, like around year two or three or probably somewhere on there. I was like, Oh man, when I hit 10 years, it's going to be so amazing. I'm going to tell everybody about the 10 years of writing that I've done. And now like, I don't even care. Like I barely even talk about it anymore. And it's really just for me, but there, the guy who, who was starting this cared very much about celebrating that with everybody and having everyone know that, you know what I mean? And I'm proud of it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not the same person I was who started that endeavor, you know? And if I were to write for another 10 years after these, if I dare to do that, I don't know if I will yet, <laughs> but if I do, I'm certain that I'm not going to be the same person that I am today when I get over there. And that will be interesting to see, you know, and yeah. So expectation changes, but also you change, you know, it, it's this evolving thing. I think that's kind of coming into this conversation. Yeah. And I, I think that we should, we should hope not to be the same person. <laughs> You know, when we set out on anything that's of importance to us, I think that we should all hope to come out the other side a, a different person. Shit, every great story throughout time, you know, every great odyssey of the human being is like the the most worthwhile journeys are the ones where people don't, where we're not the same. Mm. We're not the same afterwards. Um, and just one other thing for you, Brandon, I think you should celebrate it. <laughs> well. Like, yeah. I don't know what you had in mind when you initially started out, like you were going to have like some big giant, like Gatsby style party. Um, but you know, have a little celebration of some kind, you know, have, have a drink, you know, give yourself a toast, congratulate yourself. I think that's worth celebrating to some extent. Cause that's pretty crazy. I don't, I don't know anybody else. I actually don't know a single other human being in my life who has written, every single day for 10 years 
So, you know, give yourself a little bit of credit. But I told I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, which is that it's like, yeah, like it's not you've changed throughout the process and you realize that what you're doing has more significant it's it's significant to you in a way in, in a new way um that's much different to how it was significant to you before mm-hmm. right which is interesting because sometimes um you know referring to one of my favorite uh authors or at least an author who's written some of my my favorite books who i have in the past here before mentioned uh is dan millman and i can't remember from what book it came from but he was sharing a his story because he was like a you know like a championship gymnast and he got into it for i'm pretty sure he said for the women you know, he got into gymnastics. I'm sure there was a part of him that was truly, but, you know, it was just like, oh, like, there was lots of cute women and women were impressed and, you know, kept him in shape and all of this sort of stuff. Uh, and just to be like, you know, sometimes those reasons can actually get you going into something. Yeah. Can actually get you into something. Like, I know, even for myself, like, getting into acting, don't get me wrong, I loved it. You know, I love to act because it was like, oh, shit, I get to just like pretend to be all of these like ridiculous people and uh, and people like me for it. You know, like there was an initial like at one point in my life, it's like, oh, people like me for this. People like me for my ability to do this. Um, I can make people laugh. I can make people I can captivate people. There was something very powerful about it. And also there is the potential to become like a really big deal from it, right? There's potential to become a famous person, a star and all of that kind of shit. And in many ways that, that pushed me into it. My reasons for acting now are a whole lot different. My, my passion for it, my continued involvement with the acting world has changed and I've changed through that process. But in so many ways it began from these, what you could argue are superficial places, but sometimes that leads you to, to a deeper part of yourself, you know, and, and which is something that in many ways, even on this show that we talk about, like, Oh, you got to come from like a deep place on stuff. And look, it's, it's, it's always good to, know your bigger why as to why you're doing something but sometimes going in into something with just a simple for for very simple reasons you know like i don't know it just feels great to do this yeah or it's fun it feels great to do this and it and the response that it gets also feels pretty great i don't you know what there's no judgment on that whatsoever why the fuck not, man? Life is challenging. If you if there's something that you do that is kind of fun to do it and other people have fun watching you do it or or other people it bring it's bringing joy to other people, like shit, that there's that's something. That's something worthwhile 
doing. Mm. And maybe you can get caught up in all these like other things that sometimes come along with it, but it can take you, it can, it can take you somewhere. It can, you can go through a journey in that, in that whole process of, of pursuing something that shifts and evolves and changes and you change. And it doesn't have to necessarily come from this, like this deep knowing place of this is why I am doing this. Yeah. You know, like doing it because you just enjoy the shit out of it is I think reason enough. You know, I might argue that the only way to really do anything is to begin on a very superficial level. Like I, I actually, I, I think that most things where you start with this like really deep connected thing, it, you, you just, you bug it up because you care too much. You make it too big of a deal. Mm. And when you're beginning in anything, you're going to suck at it. I mean, that's just basically the rule unless you're some weird little prodigy that somehow like has some incredible benefit, but usually that works against you. Like usually people that um, are really good at something right off the bat end up relying too much on what they're really good at or the benefit they have. And they actually fail to develop. It's actually the people who they have, like generally they have a little bit of a benefit, just, just enough to tip them over the edge but not enough to make them special, not enough to get them the rewards and it frustrates them, but they kind of have it, but they kind of don't, and they kind of want it, but they, whatever. Those people tend to do the best at stuff because they had to develop, you know, effort strategies. They had to de develop ways to figure it out, to do it um, because it wasn't, didn't come so easy for them. Um, it's not always the case, but it's common. And if you look through history, you look at a lot of people who are of great success, not just in like business and in sports, but in all sorts of stuff. Um, there was some type of struggle, you know, like Lionel Messi, for example, who is uh, maybe arguably one of the greatest soccer players alive, um, at least definitely considered one of the best who has lived. Um, man, that, that guy had tons of struggles as a kid. Like, like he, you know, he had no business being a, a massive superstar athlete, like, you know, but, but there's something about adversity that brings out greatness in us. And I think also adversity, if you push past your superficial, you end up digging deeper because you have to. And that, that digging deeper is actually what makes you find something deeper. So, I mean, as we're kind of going into this, I mean, I think that people could walk away from this and say like, look, like, do you enjoy doing this? That's enough. Or is there some, something you like, you know, that's just fun and easy. And like, you know, you just curious about it or whatever, like, like don't underestimate how important that is. And I think, you know, Evan, you and I have talked about this a lot. We've talked about how you got to have curiosity. Like that's so important and don't let that die. And I think that this conversation is bringing something up for me where it's like curiosity could be the seed that is your greatness. And it's just an offhanded curiosity you have right now. It's like, you know, I've always kind of thought about like, it'd be kind of cool to like start, you know, climbing mountains or something like that or hiking. And all of a sudden you're climbing Everest and you're like, you know, the greatest mountain climber in history. You know what I mean? Like, but it started off of like, 
I just, these, these hiking boots are kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really don't think that, uh, that people often start from this very epic, like, like I'm going to save humanity and do this monumental thing. I really think it almost never happens that way. I think they discover that along the way and they realize, Hey, wait, maybe I could do something with this. And they take it to another level, um, maybe farther or deeper. Yeah. I I was going to say, I think that there's even a danger in that too, of being like, I'm going to save the world. I remember I had a sort of a, a mentor, uh, a while back sharing a story about at one point in their life being like, I'm going to save the world. Like I'm going <laughs> to do this thing. And, and he was like, and then I just like, I just heard this voice from like deep within me somewhere, just, just yelling at me going, save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause it's like the, the whole idea it's of like, Hey, like trying to, to, um, improve the 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 state of the world and 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 the conditions for all beings in it is a is a very noble and valiant thing to pursue um but i think that sometimes uh that those kinds of notions can easily can easily go awry for a multitude of reasons for like, for one, again, expectations. Yeah. You're going to save the world. You're going to take all of that on your shoulder. No one can take all of that on their shoulders. You know, we can, we can be a part of it in some way, but it always starts in, in some small thing. You know, I, I think that as, uh, as they say, humble beginnings, humble beginnings are, are so are so important with how we set out on anything um, so that we can learn, we can help in the ways that we're actually able to help, you know, as opposed to putting on these grandiose ideas of things. And maybe big things do eventually come, but it's like, you know, the the flower only blooms once the roots have taken hold and the stem has come up and the leaves have formed, you know, and then when the, when the right moment and the right season comes along, the flower can actually bloom. Mm. Right. But there's all of these growth processes that have to happen before that occurs. Right. So let's set our expectations on where we're at right? Where we've, at what stage of growth that mm. we're in? Cause we can't force it. We can't push that thing to go faster than it's, than it's going. You know, it's, um, I'm reading a book that actually has a lot to say about this, but you know, it, it's, it's the nature and which of we are a part of as human beings, we are, we are a part of nature. We are organic you know, and organic things can't be rushed, can't be forced. They have to have the conditions and, and the, the, the time to do things, to grow in the way that they need to grow. Hmm. And our, sometimes our expectations are just trying to force it. 
in in a way that isn't natural that is not organic to to who and what we are Hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) man that we had a conversation about all this stuff too i mean in the past about you know being where you are in in your in your growth stage you know that's it's I think there's something about this expectations talk where there's, there's something about self-awareness that is really important because if you're out there trying to save the world, I mean, chances are you need to save yourself because why, why are you so trying so hard to help everyone else? You know, like there's something in you and like when you have something to offer, you don't need to go look to give it like, I mean, you need to be able to share what you're doing, but like people will be looking for it. If you actually have something to give, people will be looking for it. And when you're authentic and you're true, um, you know, they'll, they'll want it. You won't have to convince them to want it. You know what I mean? Um, Sometimes people don't know what they want and they don't know what they need. But if they get exposed to something authentic, they'll begin to see they want and need it. And, you know, um, I, I think this, the, you know, there's like, I teach storytelling and this is a big thing. Like, this is one of the big parts of the, the class that I teach, but it's a, it's a societal lesson as much as it is a story lesson, which is that all dystopian worlds come out of utopian principles. And what that means is if you don't know what a utopia, a utopia is like the garden of Eden. It's like perfect. It's like everything amazing, everything like heaven, all the stuff you could dream of, you know? And dystopia is something where it looks great on the surface, but if you looked at the dark underbelly, it's super corrupt and bad and wrong. And there's something ugly hiding underneath it, but it has this mystique or this image of looking like perfection. But dystopians are created out of utopian principles. And what that really means is that more people trying to do good, do bad than people doing bad. And, and I know this is hard for a lot of people to accept, but your good intentions cause often more harm than anything else, because you think you know better and you don't. And this is the thing, like, I I think if, if humanity stopped trying to play God, if they stopped trying to like be so arrogant as to say, like, I know what's good for you. I know what's good for me. I'm going to go do that. (laughs) The the consequences of your actions of trying to do something good. And this is where expectation constantly fails us. People set out all the time to be like, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to do all this stuff. And then meanwhile, there's all these damages that are caused over here. And, and so expectations has this other thing, just because you expect something to happen, you think, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And I expect it to do this good result. It doesn't always work that way. And, and quite often, quite often it doesn't. And you'll start to find like, this is the thing about like youth, um, being idealistic in youth, I think is a great thing. Um, I think as you get older, I don't think you should lose your idealism, but I do think that sometimes youth takes idealism as this kind of end all be all answer that we can just use our ideals and we can just make the world great. And it's like, you, you don't understand the cause and effect 
of your action. You don't understand that if you, like, for example, if you, if you don't let a kid scrape their knee and you don't let them bump and you don't let them feel pain and you, and you hide them from pain and suffering and crying and, and anger, and you hide them from all that, they're going to grow up and be weak people as adults. And it's a devastating thing for an adult to be weak. You just, the world has no place for a weak person. And you will suffer so greatly as an adult if you're weak. And if you find yourself now as a weak adult, it's time to get out in the world and toughen yourself up. You got to toughen yourself up. The world is just going, it's just going to be hell. You're going to be hiding from the world all the time. So like parents out there, like you, you're trying to protect your kid and your expectation is if I protect them, that they'll grow up and they'll be happy. But no, you actually create the, the worst thing. You have to protect them, but you have to let them bump into the world a little bit. And if we, if we, if we insulate everybody from, from bumping into reality, the consequences are so ugly and so devastating and you don't, you don't know why you're depressed. You don't know why you're sad. You don't know why you're purposeless. It's because you've, you've had a buffer between you and reality. You got to get closer to reality. Suffering is when you're out of reality. When you're in reality, you, you like when you're in, when you're in it, you're like, okay, hey, that happened. And you just, you, it just happened. But the fear of it happening, that's suffering. The fear of, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it goes wrong? What if I fail? What if I start a business? It doesn't work out. All that fear, that is suffering. But if you're in a business and you're failing and things are not working out, you're trying or you're in a sport and you're bumping, you know, you're getting hurt and you're like trying stuff, that is happening. And you can feel it and you can kind of assess it and you can work with it. But the idea of it happening, this is the thing. And we try to do so much good for people and we protect them from ever experiencing reality. They live in an idea. And if you live in an idea, I mean, I know I'm on a soapbox here, Evan, but like if you live in an idea, like life is, is, is just an idea of fear. It's all these what ifs. And like, look, scraping your knee sucks, but it's not as bad bad is being scared of scraping your knee because <laughs> once you scraped your knee you know what it's like and you go okay well i know what that's like you know i know to be a little more mindful you know what i mean so i i don't know i mean i just think there's a certain amount of expectation sometimes we think we're doing good and we're actually causing harm and we just don't know yeah absolutely and i think that saying that sort of like i don't know especially saying that you don't know what's what is best for another person. I think we so rarely know <laughs> much of the time what's best for ourselves. So, you know, there's a kind of, there's a kind of something outrageous about l trying to lay any sort of claim to knowing what's good for other people. You know, I don't think that, you know, maybe there are certain situations where that might be more, self-evident but i think for the most part you know that that's not such a clear-cut thing you know that's not such a <laughs> it's not such so clear that that you can possibly actually know what that is and yeah as you were saying you know like the, the that whole sort of utopian dystopian thing is like yeah it's 
it's so easy for these these high and mighty principles to become uh to become really horrifying because you know it, it all a lot of it all looks and sounds pretty good but you know if you play the the hypothetical of just like okay well let's say that you know yourself and people like yourself uh, are actually basically given the, the you know the the reins to the ship <laughs> the, the 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 wheel to the sh- the reins to the ship <laughs> my metaphors here um, but let, let's say that you are the one who you actually come into power and you have the ability to start implementing and enacting these things the thing is is that you are going to inevitably run into people who don't share maybe they share some of them but they don't share all of the same ideas as you do they don't share all the same solutions to these problems that you do so now what do you do about that right it's just like now there's already some holes <laughs> in the ship that are that are are leaking right and what do you do what very often ends up happening is it's just like, no, you need to just now conform and come along with the rest of us. Well, then that person resists that. So, and, and it just escalates and escalates. And next thing you know, people are, people are, you know, being jailed or beaten or victimized. And it's just like, you know, under this whole thing of like, if these people could only see that I'm doing what's best for everybody. Yes. We wouldn't be running into this problem. And, uh, you know, and, and that's part of, part of the issue. You know, I'll, I'll just say one last thing to that. Uh, I can't remember which chapter it is in the Dowdy Ching, but it's just like, it, it addresses this exact point. The more you try and do that, the more problems you create that we have to, that in some sense we have to create a world where people are are basically allowed to follow their nature. The more we try and and dictate a society, the the more and more unruly it becomes in a lot of ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I Let's mean. Yeah, yeah go for it. Go for take it. Take a beer break. But um, before we do that, yeah. So I think, you know, I think there's some interesting things with this whole expectations. I mean, it's 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 come around uh, a lot of different things and a lot of different topics, but you can look at it in many different ways. And I think that's what what's something that's really important to take away from this conversation. Just to finish kind of on the point that we were talking about, because I actually really do think this is really important, is that you know, you have your perspective and you see the world from your point of view. And you grew up under the circumstances with the people you grew up in, you experienced life that way. And you are not going to be able to really, unless you do some serious work, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to understand how other people see the world. And even if you get close, you still won't see it and feel it the way they see it and feel it. 
And so we have to be very, very careful about projecting onto people our own world and our own perspective, because your expectations are obviously filled with your perspective. Like you expect people to do what you would do because in your perspective, it makes perfect sense. But in their perspective, it doesn't make perfect sense. It actually might not make sense at all. And to assume that you have the right perspective, and this was a a conversation we had previously, the right and wrong and all that kind of stuff, right? Like you don't have the right perspective. You have a perspective and it, it, maybe it works for you. Maybe it kind of works. But the thing is, is that you're dealing with a lot of other perspectives and what might seem like the right perspective today is the absolute wrong perspective tomorrow. Look at Germany in 1940 in 1930 and look at the Nazis and look at the people's perspective and do some research on that because they really thought their perspective made sense. They really did. And they really thought they were doing good. They did not walk around like little demon people going like, I'm going to fucking kill everybody. Like, ah, they didn't do that. They actually thought they were building their country and built, like they thought they were doing good. Understand that Nazism came out of people trying to do really good things. So they thought. We look back at one of the most horrific things in history that we know of. Bad things come out of good intent, out of people that are so arrogant to believe that they know better. And we have to be very, very careful with groupthink, especially when when a lot of people start agreeing with you. It doesn't mean you're right either. Um, and, and expectation, what you think is going to happen out of what you're doing doesn't always work out that way. You might think it's going that way, but it might not. You might be walking down a very horrible path. And so at any point, I, I, I really implore everybody, like pull the fucking rope, pull the string, man. If, if the, pull the parachute, if you are, if you realize, holy shit, I thought I was doing good. And I realize I'm not. And you realize at any point, pull out, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't double down because you were wrong. Don't be embarrassed. Don't just, just get out. You know what I mean? Good people get led down bad paths all the time out of false expectation, out of, out of confusion, uh, you know, out of arrogance to think that they know better. And I can tell you something, you know, as you get older and you experience more life and, and, you, and you look at the history of humankind, you begin to see that almost all bad things came out of false and, and incorrect expectation. So um, just look, that's societal, but maybe it's your dream. Maybe it's your goal as an artist, right? Maybe you have this expectation as an artist, I'm doing this thing as an artist and this is how it's going to work out. And if at some point you realize, hey, like I'm doing this thing and it's not really the right way to go about this, pull the string, pull the rope, pull the whatever, pull the parachute, change directions, stop going in that direction. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. You, you, you went that far to find out that's not the way to go. And that's part of being way of the artist. That's part of finding your way. Sometimes you go down a path and realize it is the wrong way. And you, you have the honor and the integrity and the wherewithal to change direction. And sometimes not even just change direction to go back the way you came. Cause you realize that you walked down a bad path and expectation, um, it's misleading because you you often think it's leading you somewhere, 
but it isn't always leading you there. And I think that's a really just, you know, I, I, I just really think that's an important point to hammer home. Like you will probably end up causing damages, more damages in your life out of the good intent than you have, that you have than out of the bad intent that you have. And I feel that's a very safe statement to make that most of the time you will cause more damages just out of trying to do something good than you ever will out of trying to do something bad for most people. So if you are aware of that, you'll go, okay, I'm causing damages. I didn't mean to, that wasn't my intent, but look what I've done. Okay. Let me stop. Let me correct. Let me, let me figure this out. Or I didn't know the damages I was causing and now I'm aware and you didn't expect it, but that's fine. That's, that's all a part of, you know, the journey. Right. And, and no one can, if you're ignorant innocently, I mean, most people will be forgiving of that. Um, if you're, if you're ignorant by choice and you know better, I don't know if you'll forgive yourself for that. That's very hard. So, you know, this is on you, this is your life and you're going to have to face yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. And you will know if you've walked down a bad path, if you, if you open your eyes and, and look around and go, do I want to like, is this good? And, and don't you want to be good? And if you don't, then turn off this podcast. But if you do, then like, and you're not being good. Come on, you know, you're better than that. Here's my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Segway after that. Segway. All right. Guess what mine's called? Well, it's, 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 uh, it's a cream ale, but it's called, it's from Good Mood Brewery. <laughs> and uh, this is the first time I've ever had these guys. Um, this cream ale is smooth, toasty, and golden. Um, that's how they describe it. Um, this is a, uh, Calgary, Alberta brewery. Um, it's pretty good. You know, honestly, uh, I'll, I'll give my honest opinion. When I first tasted it, I kind of tasted a little bit of the alcohol and I don't really like it when a beer kind of doesn't hide it entirely. Um, but as I've had more of it, it's growing on me and I've liked it more and more. Um, but my first initial taste, I was like, mm, it's okay. But as I've had more of it, I've liked it more and more. So uh, if you're having this beer, I'd say just give it a chance. Give it a, give it a little bit of time. Um, that's been my experience of it. Nice. I'm drinking uh, Towers and Trains Earl Grey IPA by uh, Steel and Oak. Good old New West Brewery. And it's terrific as I... As I would expect from them, it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's really smooth, really tasty. The whole Earl Grey, like it's just got like, you know, it's not overpowering. It's just this nice little hint of that that sort of flavor um, that just gives it a little a little extra something. It's fantastic. It's delicious. So nice. That's that. All right. Well, I'll go first. Okay. I'll, I'll I, I guess I'll I'll go first. I'll say some things here about uh, <laughs> <laughs> about expectation. Yeah. I mean, I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation. We just kind of dove into it with just the, like, let's talk about expectations. And 
see where it goes without really any expectation about what it would deliver, what would uh, what would come out of it. But um, yeah, I would. I hope that, and just in some level, this is uh, just a conversation that's made us all a little bit more mindful about the role that expectations play within ourselves and and how we're operating with them and, and how to maybe have healthier expectations, not like, you know, managing our expectations or mitigating them or um, making them more realistic, all that. No, just healthier expectations, which is a kind of relationship, right? It's um, the health of anything is is a responsive relationship. And uh, I think our expectations are the same way. I think that as an artist, my general sense is always that we want to try and actually let go of as many expectations as possible um, because that tends to be the way in which we are the most free to create, to express, to pursue, to go into certain places more fully and completely. And recognizing where, where we might have certain expectations kind of creeping in that are not necessarily uh, helping us, right? We want to set out with some some kind of vision, some kind of direction, some kind of question, even, uh, that is something that's genuinely exciting, interesting, um, and has a kind of enjoyment with us. Uh, I think that was a really interesting part of this conversation where it's like, you know, I think that we can just, if we can just simplify things down to some, into that kind of that metric of enjoyment mm. and, and start from that, that place, do it because you enjoy it. And, let your expectations shift and move and evolve and don't try and force them in any particular direction. Just, just recognize them as they, as they show themselves and, and adjust them as you need to so that you are most free to pursue the life and the things in your life that mean the most to you. We talked about so many things in this conversation and it was nice because some of it was a nice discovery for me personally, just to go through it and kind of look at expectations in another way and see the many different ways in which you can look at expectations. Because when I came into this, you know, we're kind of like, let's talk about expectations. And I was kind of looking at it a certain way, but then throughout the conversation, it expanded into all these other elements of how it relates and plays and all of that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of said my piece already really. (laughs) And I, I mean, I, I, I almost kind of just want to say, leave that as, as my final point, because I, I want people to be happy. I want to be happy. 
I want people to be strong. I want to be strong. What I found in life is that unhappiness comes from weakness. And weakness comes from living in the idea. And strength comes from living in doing, in action. In action, you you can only really deal with you. And it forces you to stay in your own lane. Because it's your fight. It's your life and it's your fight. And when you're in the fight, you don't worry about what everyone else is doing and what everyone else's fight is. You worry about your fight and you you don't even worry about it. You focus on your fight. You put your attention into your fight. So I guess if I was going to leave anybody with anything, I would say like, you know, there might be a lot of fights out there that you want to take on and you want to participate in and you feel maybe obligated to. And I know that I do, I can, I can relate to that, but why don't you focus on the one that's your life? The one that's you, the one that gets you up in the morning and gives you some purpose, you know, and it's not your fight. If you're worried about what someone else is doing when you're in a fight and I've been in an actual fight, you respond maybe to the person you're fighting, but you don't, you, you don't focus on that. Cause it's too, it's too, it's too present for you to be worried about what they're th- like feeling and thinking and what their choice is. What you're doing is you're responding and you're dealing with you and you're dealing with how you're dealing with it. And I think, um, you know, as you go through your life, just stay in your lane, simplify and focus on what matters and, and anything that doesn't matter to you, put it off temporarily or indefinitely, but don't get all caught up, you know, in, in all this other stuff, simply go like, what do I want to do right now? What am I doing right now? Why am I doing it? And focus on that. And if you can't answer those questions, then you need to find something else. And if you, in my opinion, if you're, if, if you ask those questions and and what you want to do and why you want to do it is you want to change people or you want to do something to someone else, then you are off course because you are the model that, that other people are watching. And you might think you're invisible and you might not think you're important, but you got to pull your weight and do your part. You don't got to pull other people's weight. You got to pull your weight and you got to, you got to do your part. So you do your part and, and by doing your part, you inspire other people to do their part. But if you tell people to do their part and you're not doing your part, you have no business to tell them and they will never, never care what you have to say. Pull your weight, do your part, get in the game and you will begin to see what you can expect of yourself. And as you can begin to get realistic about what you can expect of yourself, then you can begin to understand what you can expect of others because you understand how hard it is to really do it, to really change, to really push yourself. Because if you're not pushing yourself and you're not really doing it, who are you to tell someone else to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're not... 
if you're not facing their struggle and you don't know what that's like, who are you to ask them to do it? You know what I mean? You'd have to demand it. You'd have to control it. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's as much about life as it is about art, but I think they're all kind of the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, I want you to be strong and I want you to be happy. And you're going to do that by, by, by putting yourself in the game and letting everyone else play, but just doing your part, whatever that is. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.